Hey everybody, this is Sean. I'm the head of marketing at Humanoids and we'd like to introduce another episode of Humanoids. It's our official podcast. So today is a lot of fun. We invited legendary comic scribe Matt Fraction, who you may know from his works, including Casanova, Sex Criminals, and Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, which was recently nominated for an Eisner, onto the podcast to chat about one of our favorite comics of all time, The Meta Barons. If you haven't read The Meta Barons, we would strongly recommend this tale of cosmic warriors spanning generations, which was recently released in softcover. So, Alejandro Jodorowsky and Juan Jimenez are the authors of this spanning sci-fi epic. That continued in Meta Baron's second cycle, written by Hodorowski as well as Jerry Frizzon and illustrated by Valentin Setcher and Nico Henriksen, continuing the story of the last Meta Baron, No Name, as he blazes a trail of chaos and dominance across the galaxy. It's fantastic. So without further ado, I join our publisher, Mr. Mark Wade, Jerry, and Matt in discussing this hallowed sci-fi legacy. Let's start at the beginning. You, you're an avowed fan of jo- of Jodo stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I I came to him through his work as a filmmaker um, and being somebody um, with a uh, 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 wackadoo art school bent. Um, you know, he, he was anthemic uh, uh, in my in my education there for a while. Um, then the idea to, to discover that he was making comics and not just comics because my immediate assumption would have been that they were fairly abstract right fairly uh, right but no (laughs) he was doing (laughs) basically my shit (laughs) (laughs) was the best like uh uh you know that's uh, i I was really gifted the opportunity to write (laughs) the introduction for that first big hardcover collection the humanoids put out and it was before the the documentary about Yorowski's Dune happened and I just wrote about him almost doing Dune uh, um, and really was like oh but this is just so much better than if he had done Dune <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and still feel that way um, um, yeah it is a uh, uh, just such a perfect overlap of um, all of my interests in a way that I am still surprised by every time I revisit it and yet, and yet, I can't really draw a connection between your work and its influences and that stuff. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, there's, I think, you know, I, I think it's it's part of the reason uh, I enjoy your work so much, Mark. I think it's why I like uh, Greg Rucco's work so much. Like, I'm drawn to people whose who work really doesn't look like mine. You know that there's a there's a mystery there. There's a, I have a, a friend who's a magician, um, uh, and I am such a cheap date for it. Ah. You know, like I am just uh, we go see a card trick, uh huh, and I'm just there. I I buy the ticket, I take the ride. Like I am I am the perfect mark for a stage magician. Um, but it's a similar thing where like if I'm mystified by oh this doesn't look anything, I don't even know how I would do that. Uh, uh, um, you know, um, if someone said, okay, now go do your meta barons, whatever that looks like. I have no fucking idea how, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, and there's, there's, yeah, you do that. You do that. I remember I was flattered once you, you wrote me and asked me for the script for, I think the first issue of daredevil, because it, as you said, 
I don't know how to do that, which is, and and I know you've been studious about this stuff. It's one of the things that impresses me most about you is you're not shy about admitting that you're, you're always looking for new influences and new, and I am too. I mean, I, again, I'm like you, I'm, I, I'm not interested in reading the kind of stuff that I would write. Yeah. 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 Maybe that's, maybe it's really just a new expression of my uh, deeply internalized self-loathing, but <laughs> um, but no, it's it's just such a magic trick. It's such a wonderful because I because it's it's not. My son asked me this. You know, my, my son is is twelve, and he goes he, the other day. He was like, "Are you able to like just enjoy things?" <laughs> I'm sure I had ruined something for him. I don't know what it was. Um, you know, but like, why don't you like this? And well, here's why: because that's not real writing. And that character, I don't believe. It. You know, there's there's something about the magic trick of what. Jodo does, um, and it's it's really true across all of his comics work that I've encountered. Um, um, uh, whether it's you know Bouncer uh, uh, or, or or you know it's 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 just such a well, I don't even know where that would come from, you know. And I and I, I and, and it's weird when I try. So I can I am such a cheap date for stuff like that, uh, that, that I just, um, I'm, I'm not, I don't see the seams. I don't see the mechanics. Um, I just buy the ticket and I can take the ride and completely lose myself in a way that really is difficult. Um, um, just by virtue of, you know, I worked in motion graphics and animation for years. I, I'm, I'm still trying to stop looking. I'm still trying to, to teach myself to stop looking for CG uh, in backgrounds, you know, right, 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 yeah. It's such a hard. It just you develop an eye for it, you know. It's like you develop an ear for it. You can you can tell when I can tell the difference between a drum and a drum machine. Like it's just that kind of, yeah. So I'm I'm never not uh, looking for. You're not you're never not Google. looking for the wizard. Yeah, you're never not looking for the wizard behind the curtain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm just I'm just dancing with my lollipops. Yeah, you should try be you should try being a comic book editor someday because that's the day that you just stop loving comics the same way altogether. <laughs> because that's, I, I, and this is true of all of us who have been editors, but I remember my first day as an editor, I suddenly knew everything about how the machine works. And because of that, the magic's gone. I mean, that's the, that's the as an amateur magician, I can tell you too, that's the appeal of magic, right? Sure. Is that you, the audience doesn't know. The moment you tell somebody how a magic trick works, they have one of two reactions. Either they're astonished because they love the, the conceit of it and they love the mechanics or they're pissed off because yeah. Yeah. they didn't figure it out. And now you've quote unquote made them look stupid. So yeah. Or, or and they in, encounter it with, okay. Oh, is it, is it you, oh, well, you're doing something with your hand or you, you know, the looking yeah. for, I think um, I really enjoy the pen and teller uh, fool us show yeah. because yeah. it lets you see what big fans of magic they are. Yeah. When, when they really, you know, it's just such a, a, a cool, um, we were so <laughs> cynical and jaded and um, 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 obsessed with uh, uh, trying to, I don't know, it's, it's, it, it's, it's hard to, it's, it's really hard to keep our minds in a place of learning and it's really yeah. hard to be a, a spectator and learner, you know? Yeah. Jerry, but you know what? Yeah, yeah but ahead, what, Jerry. What, Jerry, what's as, as the man who has been behind the curtain, Jerry? Yeah, yeah. exactly. The it's thing still. is, <laughs> I, I was trying to find the magician, but I couldn't find it. Hmm. 
And uh, that's that's the thing with Jodorowsky. I think what he's doing is so personal that you you can't find him. You can't take over. Uh, so the the only thing that I could do is actually try to be uh, to be myself mm-hmm. instead of uh, trying to to be a fake Jodorowsky. What kind of what collaborator did you find him to be? Excuse me. What kind of collaborator did you find him to be? Um, he, he didn't really want to collaborate. Actually, he gave me some some notes in the in the beginning, some some ideas, and uh, basically he says that uh, he didn't want to be involved. <laughs> okay. I, I met him a few times. He was really nice. He said he liked uh, a lot what I did. I don't know if it's true, and I don't know if he's even read it, but uh, take, I never really had a... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, t- I took it, of course. It's very nice. But um, no collaboration whatsoever, you know? Mm. What was it that made... It, because it was... I'm sorry, Matt, I now cut you off. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, so it's, it's, as you say, it's such a personal bubble for him. It's such a personal world for him. And you were a fan of the material. What, what made you want to do stuff in that space yourself is it just the love of the characters or, or what was it um it's it's interesting actually because when when um humanoid saw for me to 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 do it i was very excited actually i went to the desert for a week reading everything you know uh i was sure that i would find great ideas etc but after a week i wanted to quit because <laughs> As, as I said, it's impossible to, to, to fake being Jodorowsky. It would have been unrespectful to, to him, to, to, to the public, to myself. So I decided to, uh, to read it again and make some notes every time I could find something close to, uh, to, to myself. So I, I had to stop being a fan and trying to be uh, as, uh, as strong as I could with, uh, with the material and putting on the side everything that I didn't like. And on the other side, what I, what I liked, what I could find myself. Do you, do you understand what I mean? Yeah, totally. And also, and that, you, and that you, was and the, the, the only way for me to, uh, to, to go inside that, that universe. Yeah, you have to be yourself. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. Tom, yeah. Tom Pyre has a good saying, which which makes less sense with every passing generation. But you know, readers know the difference between mad and cracked, right? <laughs> and and so you've got to be, you got to be you. Yeah, um, yeah. But on on the other hand, I'm uh, way young, younger than him, and I uh, I'm reading his stuff since 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 the beginning, since the eyes of the eyes of the cat. And uh, he was always a huge influence in my in my writing. So in a way, uh, it was I guess easier for me to 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 be involved than than for somebody else. Yeah, okay. Matt, what would you consider your other influences? Oh gosh, um, I know there's I know they're all over the map, but that's why it's an interesting answer. Yeah, um, I, you know, boy, uh, uh, I love. Um, Alfred Hitchcock and uh, you know um, I, I love Dune. You know that was that was, I, I was never a um, I was never a Lord of the Rings guy. And an elf gets on a horse and I fall asleep. Um, yep. <laughs> but, uh, but I will go chapter and verse on the uh, ecology of, uh, of of Dune. You know, like I'm I'm, I'm yeah. that, I will I will make fun of Ed Brubaker relentlessly for. Um, 
for for reading Tolkien. And meanwhile, I've I've got the Dune Encyclopedia like three feet away from me at all times. <laughs> right. Um, well, know, com- comics and science fiction for sure. Um, um, you know, I I I remember we had to do a a project in like fourth grade, like a okay, you're gonna write a biography about a person you know you're going to do a biographical report and then you were going to come in costume and everyone's going to have to guess who you are and like i chose alfred hitchcock i was like nine (laughs) nine-year-olds don't know (laughs) alfred hitchcock (laughs) but i was i was like yeah so um um yeah, it kind of just goes all over, you know, and, and I'm, I'm especially drawn to, you know, my, my favorite book about uh, writing comics is uh, Stephen Sondheim's Finishing the Hat, which is really a book about yes. musicals. Yes. Um, but it's remarkably a similar um, muscle. Uh, 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 in fact, um, Howard Chaikin once found himself eating near uh, Stephen Sondheim, introduced himself saying, you know, I'm a huge fan of your work. And, and Steven said, what do you do? And he said, I, I write comic books, which is very much like musicals, only instead of singing, my guys punch each other. And so <laughs> I had thought about it for a minute. was like, oh, yeah, you're right. And, they, <laughs> they, that's, and that's so, uh, you know, um, um, it's a book entirely about, uh, well, let's see, I've got 18 measures for these two characters to express their love for each other. And there's also dancing. What does that look like? What does that sound yeah. like? Right. You know, put all of these words into this exact key, you know, into this metric uh, footprint and all that stuff. Because um, comics is structure. Comics is, yeah. is all about structure and space, right? And space, <laughs> the economy of storytelling in space. Exactly. My, my work these days is, is really a process of de-writing. You know, my, my first drafts are very long and then I erase as much as I possibly can. Yeah. Um, much to the chagrin of uh, um, hardworking letterers, uh, but they charge me all the same, so they're paid. Exactly. But, but, uh, but poor Clayton Cowles um, um, will will he does a draft. I get it back, and then I like send him back notes, and it's get rid of half of this stuff. You know, um, to lean into the visuals more. Yeah. You know, the the um, um, you know, comics are too righty these days. Well, also that's that's the unfortunate thing about. I don't know whether it's a product of the time or what, but it letters really ought to get more combat pay because there's something I can read a script and edit it and I can look at art and I can make notes, but it, the, to me, the editing really starts when I get them together on the page mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I can really see how they work in concert together. And that's when you have to do a lot of editing on the boards, which sucks the letters uh, and slows down production, but it's I don't know lettering on the boards. Oh, <laughs> oh you see. <laughs> oh, pop, pop. <laughs> yeah, we use our Letra set to type the, uh, you know, before they before we send them to the Rubylith people to cut the Rubylith. <laughs> Jerry, we never talked about this. How do you approach the process? Um, I'm trying not to think about the, the final product. I'm trying to... Um, to keep the, the the writing as my my unique goal, so that means not limiting myself to uh, what people could or should draw. Sometimes I pretty big surprise, by the way, because uh, that that's what they told me in the the, the beginning of the Metabrands. They they said just do whatever whatever you you want. If it's excessive, you know, extreme, go ahead and don't don't worry about it. I mean, uh, I knew at some point, especially for, for Valentin, I think Valentin came on board uh, while I was uh, writing, but not uh, Nico, no. Because mm. that makes a difference. Although 
in my oh, yeah, experience, of course, it's it's a huge difference, and that, yeah. that's why I think it was it was nice not to know actually. Hmm. Yeah, I've spent a lot of my career writing scripts for for that are just we have no idea who's going to draw it. Um, and for a long time, I was sort of your DC's go-to guy for that sort of thing because my scripts are, you know, fairly artist-proof. Like I, I really, I don't go into great detail to make them feel like they're just art robots. But at the same time, you know, it's uh, a script is a letter to your artist, and I, you know, I'm, whether the stories themselves are not terribly good, the structure of the script is actually pretty good. Um, but it is important to know. I mean. You know, can you imagine doing sex criminals with anybody but Chip? No, no. And I've been I've been lucky. There's there's only been like like literally twice in my career when I didn't know who was going to draw something I had written. So I'm 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 almost always crafting specifically for who I'm writing for. You know, and I've yeah. also been very lucky that there's been one or two times in my career that I've worked with someone that I wouldn't necessarily have wanted to work with or would, wouldn't want to work with again. You know, like that's a really like lucky run for me. Um, so I, my, you know, it's such an epistolary form of writing, but I'm always trying to write like, all right, what is the ultimate Steve, as a Steve Lieber fan, what do I want right. to see Steve Lieber do? And how would I write that? And how do I, and, you know, and after a couple of, a couple three issues, you, you find a rhythm and I know if I write this, you're going to draw that, you know, my, my scripts get shorter as, as runs. Yeah. Go. Um, you yeah. know, by the end of Iron Man, I was sending Salvador, you know, uh, telegrams practically. Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. After 70 well, issues, I knew what he was going to draw, you know? Yeah. Same with Somni. Same with me and, and Daredevil on Somni. It was just... I mean, you and, and, you, you and Kitson have to be functionally empathic yeah. at this oh, point. We, yeah, we've got our complete shorthand down. Yeah. I, yeah, I only have two bad experiences with, with artists I didn't know were going to draw the story ahead of time. One was the guy who didn't draw backgrounds for 12 pages in a row. Hmm. And I wish I were making that up. It's just character standing in space for 12 pages in a row. And <laughs> not outer space, just space. The other one was I, uh, I had written a story and a scene was set in a circus. And I had two characters talking to each other for two pages, which I don't love, but at least the circus is a visual thing. And I got the art back. And in... All over the circus, everywhere in every panel, there were helium balloons floating around. There were, there were, you know, between the characters, sitting between the characters, so you couldn't even have them really look at each other. And I stared at this, and I, I couldn't imagine what was going on. I went back and looked at the script that I'd sent him, and it was my fault. I'd said, artist, please leave room for balloons. There you go. Yeah, I knew the second the story started where it was going. Yeah. I um, uh, described... Uh, something to um <laughs> something once as molten uh uh hot like lava um and it was interpreted as melting like ice cream <laughs> i know when i was working with umberto on impulse in the early days his english was so limited that the there would always be something in the issue mm. that wasn't at all what we asked for it was fine and it got to the point, and we had fun with it to the point where I started putting things in the script just to see what Umberto would do with them. And the time I put a Zamboni in is when he finally caught into the joke. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, that's comics, kids. Um, 
Ariel uh, uh, Ba and Fabio Moon are, are fond of saying that the um, first line of a panel description in Casanova script is a line that I write for them and everything else is something that I'm writing for me. <laughs> they're, they're not wrong. No. Uh, no I get uh, that. In fact, I think, I think recognizing that, hearing them say that, like help make me sharper because I work really hard on that first sentence now, you know, yeah. for anybody. Because like, that's the one with the noun and the verb, right? Right. It's also the one that sets the tone of everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, cannot, I cannot write a script. I cannot write a script unless I know what that first page is. I, I can know everything else about that story, but I can't work out. I, I can even work out a sequence sometimes, but I can never work out a sequence in a way that leaves out page one because that sets the, the tone and the mood and the voice for everything that follows. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Jerry? Yeah, yeah, it it, it it makes sense, but uh, it doesn't work for me. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't want to know. And um, you know, I was even worried. For example, uh, with uh, with Nico. I mean, before Nico was on, was on board, I wrote you know a few pages with two uh, galaxies colliding. And when I was writing that, I was thinking nobody will ever draw that. Nobody will be uh, attracted by something like that. And when I met Nico a few uh, few months later, he says that it was because of these pages that uh, he wanted to do the book. Mm -hmm. I think it was funny. That's, it, that's... it was one of the my kind of favorite moment, I think, in reading that second volume is when we just cut to two galaxies exploding. <laughs> and it felt the most it was it was the most um metabaronic moment in a comic <laughs> full of metabaron stuff like oh yeah meanwhile this happens yeah <laughs> it's just so perfect like uh, i was thinking as i was reading it like what is it like about this specific thing i was like oh there's just something insanely huge on every single page and then you're dealing with something incredibly small and intimate and you know yeah just the 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 the, the scaling up and scaling down moment to moment. that that is something that's really coming from jodorowsky because he has he has no limits mm. i i like to think i have no limits but i know that i have <laughs> he, he doesn't it's it's unbelievable, and um, the notes that he gave me in the beginning, they were full of of such a crazy ideas that I I couldn't see myself trying to uh, to use them. So I hope he's going to use them at some point. But uh, they, there's no limit to a guy like that. And you know, too, he's he's been spoiled by working with so many astonishing artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's probably never had the uh, you know the the experience of uh, of uh, writing a crowd scene and not gotten three hundred thousand <laughs> people drawn. You know, instead of like four guys on a street corner. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I asked. I was able to talk Fabrice once into sharing a script that Yodo had written with me because I was convinced it was going to be gibberish. I was convinced. Oh, there'll be drawings. You know, there'll be there'll be a tarot card reading halfway through. I was certain this is just going to be. <laughs> wackadoo fun time and it was the most responsible uh full script i have kind of ever seen it wasn't like an alan moore level of um i'm gonna just bury you in text right but like he like every single thing he wanted to see 
was expressed and it was clear and it was like, holy shit, it just, it's it was completely the opposite of what I was expecting a script from him to look like um, um, for something so wild and so limitless, as you say, Jerry, like uh, yeah. uh, uh, he, 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 he certainly had his form on lock um, um, and was able to articulate it all um, um, with a, a kind of frightening precision. But he, he, he's not crazy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's the thing is you, I expected him to be. And he's like, very oh, no. intelligent. He, he knows exactly what he's, what he's talking about. Uh, he's, he's very different than uh, people could, could imagine, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was, um, yeah, I was expecting, um, I was not expecting that. It was, it was also, um, it was very bracing to see and it was very encouraging to see, you know? Like, uh, look, it's not an accident. It's not a gag. It's not yeah, a, yeah. it's not, um, it's not PR. Like this guy works really hard um, to put these things that are in his head out into the world and to put them on a piece of paper in a way that people understand them. But there's an interesting book. Uh, I don't think it was ever translated in, uh, in English. And it's um, a guy who interviewed Mobius through his, his entire uh, life. And you see a Mobius go going from guru to guru then finally arriving to uh, Jodorowsky, and he's not, he's not a guru at all. He's, he's uh, very down to earth, very smart, brilliant, and it's, it's, it's surprising compared to all the, the crazy person that uh, Mobius was attracted to. Mm -hmm. Jodorowsky was certainly a, a great uh, influence in his, in his life and in his work. M my memory of the Dune documentary is, is a little patchy, but I think my favorite story wasn't in it, which was about Salvador Dali's butthole. Uh, <laughs> was, was that in the movie? No. Okay. So Dali is going to play the emperor and Yoros can't believe it, right? And it, it quickly becomes a a battle of wills and who can be more shocking and yet and so you know um dolly is like well of course i will be paid a million dollars a second as i am playing the supreme god of the universe and i am dolly i am worth nothing less and Yodorowsky, of course oh of course i insist i insist a million dollars and as you are you know the supreme uh, uh, you know, a uh, 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 personification of uh, holy energy, you'll be entirely nude for your second. Dali. Oh, of course, of course. And they just keep one-upping each other into how, un and, and the entire time, just as a filmmaker, Jodorowsky is realizing how, first off, these now hundreds of millions of dollars in debt <laughs> even start right. to shoot, and he has all these inc crazy, but it ends with them racing towards, you know, uh, um, who can be more shocking, and finally, um, um, Yorowski says, well, then, of course, as, as you are, you know, you're, you're a god, you'll be naked and perfect and beautiful and beyond shame and beyond uh, embarrassment. Um, we'll, uh, we'll have a camera inside of a toilet uh, and film you defecating. We need to see uh, your sphincter dilating uh, 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 because you know, to, to, well, how better to say that, uh, that uh, nothing, is, uh, nothing is vulgar, nothing is 
a profane and everything about you is sacred. And that was finally the thing that made Dali flinch. <laughs> he was certain that Yodowski was going to put a camera inside of a toilet and make him poop on it. Uh, and that was, that was the end of uh, Dali as the Padishan Emperor. That is the greatest game of chicken I've ever heard. <laughs> Sean, what about you? Any, anything you want to throw in here? Any butthole stories you got to toss out there, buddy? Go ahead. Uh, that is such a daunting proposition. Um, well, one thing I was thinking about was, uh, Matt, like I was reading, I was reading some of your earlier work, mainly Casanova. And, and you know, I, I know we were talking about how we don't see it, but when I read Meta Barons, I think of it almost as the most intelligent toddler without kind of a super ego constantly trying to one up himself. So he has foreshadowing, but he just, he, he, he can still introduce and innovate all these plot threads at will just to increase the scope. And I kind of feel like I saw some of that in, in Casanova. Would you find that to be an accurate statement? That's certainly a complimentary one. Um, you know, my, I had written short stories and I had written graphic novels before Casanova. And I had never written a comic book with staples in the middle. Yeah. Uh, and I was convinced um, that it, it was, you know, I, 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 it was a, I had another career, you know, it was a thing I did to not have a boss, right? And I was certain that um, it would not last, you know, that I would, somebody would burst in and shout imposter and kick me out. Um, so my, my, my abiding memory of that was just write the book you want to read and put everything into it because they're going to come take it away from you in a second. Um, um, and while I've never felt that kind of um, <laughs> panic in, in Jodorowsky's work, it certainly produces a similar amount of idea velocity. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it, it, I can, I could, I can certainly see that, but I believe I would, I would also believe that they come from two entirely different energy places. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. Cause I remember reading Casanova. It was at an age where um, you had magazines. I know we have magazines today, yeah. but they're not quite as prolific. And it was, I read about Casanova in GQ. Yeah. I, first I just, comic book that GQ ever covered. I thought that was <laughs> so cool. And they were talking yeah. about the Wu-Tang clan and all these things. And I was like, Oh, okay. I think I was in high school maybe. But yeah, another thing I was thinking about is, Matt, I don't know if this is verified, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you've worked with Kanye, right? Mm -hmm. So I was thinking about Hodorowski and his influence, and you like him and Kanye likes him. How can someone's uh, artistic vision be so embraced by so many different extremes of artists? Game recognizes game, I guess. <laughs> That's probably the best way to put it. There's just such a relentless. Yodorowsky would still be doing what he's doing, even if no one was paying him to do it. If no one was reading it, he'd still be doing it. If nobody watched his films, he'd still be doing it. If no one read his books, if nobody looked at his comics, like he would still be doing it. Right? Mm -hmm. Like there's, 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 there's no parallel. There's no, there's no um, sliding doors universe where Yodowski is working at a Denny's, you know, he's, he's this, like, I think it's just that sort of, oh, you, you're, 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 there's no way you could be anything but an artist part shaman or something, you know? Um, um, and I think, I think it's just that, I think there's, there's something undeniable and inescapable in the guy's energy that, that gives, lets everybody else know um, um, how cowardly they really are in their day-to-day -day lives. Right. And you put, you put Kanye in that same space, wouldn't you? Mm. Kind of. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> seen, I've seen, seen how that hot dog gets made. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 you know, a guy who knows, who recognizes, wants to be seen as when he sees it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is not, a, which is not, which is not giftless at all. Right. Uh, so, so Mark, on that note, you had, you had the, the quest, the journey of writing a, a Jodorowsky property with the Incal. What was it like wrapping your head around that chaos and trying to oh, adapt geez. it? Christ. Oh my God. It, uh, as big a fan as I am of that, of that world, uh, I thought I knew it. And then I started trying to distill it. And it was like trying to polish a mountain down into a molehill. It was, <laughs> there's so much there and trying to figure out what the essential pieces are. And what the, again, the other thing that is overlooked about the Incal is while it looks like it's all over the map and it looks like they're making it up as they go along, and maybe they are, it's still, there's a, there's a Django-like structure to it when you pare it down to the bone. I found that there's just things, details, little things that you cannot leave out as you go forward. And so trying to sort of distill that world down into I, eight, 10 pages, I forget what it was. Uh, it was, it, it gave me a whole new appreciation for the, for the property and I had plenty of it going in. And so Jerry and Mark, uh, Jerry, you've had to continue on these adventures, so to say, of the Meta Barons, but Hodorowsky, when, when he ended it, he ended it on this level of, of basically the last Meta Baron, the one we see in the Incal as well, just kind of cussing out his ancestors, saying, I do not like what I have become. Do you think there is in some way a future for the Meta Barons in one way or the other? Yeah, of course, of course. This, it's uh, it's obvious. I mean, um, the, the the way I see it, the, the Metabarons is the the last of the Metabarons. He's the ultimate uh, warrior, you know, the strongest dude in the universe. But um, now he has to go back to humanity, and with humanity, he's gonna have uh, you know kids at some point. Matt, is that a world? I'm not trying to rope you into anything. I'm asking just purely out of intellectual curiosity. Is that a world you? ever find yourself being interested in, in exploring as a writer? Yeah, I think the things that inspire me the most about it are, um, you know, the, the, I think about that the first series where just every chapter was a different, like, entirely different universe, you know? Right. Um, um, I, 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 and, and I found it how sad, you know, and, and reading the second cycle, how nice it was to revisit, like, uh, uh, the, I can't remember the name of the epiphyte planet, but like, you know, well, the, like, cube and all that. So like all the kind of, um, visitations from the first book that are echoed in the second, you know, that, that kind of, um, I don't know, maybe, I, I, I mean, I think I'm, I'm such a fan of it. I'd be too worried that I'd fuck it up, but, uh, <laughs> but I'll certainly read Whatever, whatever happens, you know, I'll certainly read it because right. I, I was also struck by how much of it had stayed in my head. Because I think it's been a it's been a while since I've reread it, um, but then to go through um, the second cycle of like, oh right, this is the thing, and oh right, this is that, and this is that, you know, like uh, uh, another thing that speaks to how structural I think 
his work is um, where you know even Inkle uh, uh, Inkle a uh, beginning where it ends right like you, you can't just pull that off. Um, um, and 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 Meta Barons had a lot of similar kind of you know I think that that end of the first cycle he's going off to you know be alone um, um, and turning his back on the universe and at the end of the, the second cycle he's coming back yeah. you know uh, and now there's a daughter so like uh, uh, there's got to be a third one right. Or at the very least, a Tonto miniseries. There you go. There you go. Ah. Well, uh, I think that's a good note. I think it's a good note to to wrap up on. Unless Sean, you got anything else? Jerry? No, this is great. I appreciate it, Matt. Thank you so much, and uh, Mark and Jerry. Obviously, it's thank you. And, and Jerry, wonder just wonder, it was a pleasure. Wonderful work, Jerry. It was really a delight to read. Thank you very nice much. Job. I appreciate. it. Great. Thanks, right, everybody. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody, thank you so very much for joining us for our latest episode of Human Noise. That was the lovely Mr. Matt Fraction, our publisher Mark Wade, the Metabarons Second Cycle author, Jerry Frizen, and yours truly talking about the Metabarons. All right, we'll see everybody shortly with a brand new episode. Take care. <laughs>